You know, it's, it was truly uh, an honor and privilege to be able to uh, have our last week of our, be youth camp in our last week. And, you know, I got to tell you something. It was just amazing to see the young people and to watch them grow, to watch them learn, to watch them love, to watch them play games, to watch them get excited for their tribal leaders. And so, um, you know, I just think let's just start off with that with just everybody that went to tribe camp, every student, counselor, kitchen staff, security staff, everybody that went to tribe camp. I want you to come on the platform. Ready? Go, go, go. Go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Look at they got so excited they threw their phones. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch mics. I'm gonna hand you that one. Some people that, that are not on the platform because they're actually doing things is Dave Getter, our sound guy. He was there at camp. Can we give Dave a hand? And she's up in the sound booth. She's doing AV for us, but Karen Paws was there. Can we give Karen a hand? Leah, what are you doing? You're supposed to be on the platform. There's always one in the group. There's always the one in the group. Wow, guys, there's a lot of you up here. Um, our counselors were so amazing. You had Tabitha Forrest, who did our nurse, who helped every boo-boo, scrape, everything, yeah. Um, a shout-out to our kitchen staff. I only see, is it just you two? No, there's Joyce, there's Diane. Hey, they fed us good at camp, okay? Like, I'm just saying, can I just say one quick word? Like, prophetically, maybe, I don't know. But anytime you want to serve Hot Pockets, I'm down. <laughs> I was eating Hot Pockets like I was 17 again. So Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew. I might as well have been playing Sony PlayStation and been playing Nintendo 64. So um, every one of the counselors was amazing. I got to give a quick shout out to uh, Juan Paz. He always, l- listen, this guy is, is amazing. You saw him up there helping out with so many things. He also every year literally like takes our trailer full of stuff, all of our games. Him and his wife do an amazing job. They get up there to camp. They help us get all set up. Juan Paz, our security staff, Melissa and Stuart, keeping us safe. (laughs) Stuart, she wanted to blend in with the students. (laughs) Uh, Melissa, you didn't have to tackle Juan this year, I don't think. Nope. Nope. So that was good. We, we kept it under control up there. Um, all of my uh, counselors, would you just put your hand in the air? There's all of you guys. There's, yeah, let's give them all a hand, all of our counselors. Our work, uh, Jared on the back on the keys. Pastor Christy was leading us in worship. I don't see Laura Allen, I guess, but she also another shout out to her. She did amazing as our car- camp coordinator. She helps keep us on track so we can just give her a hand. I just got to say a few things and then we're going to get to testimonies. This next person, when we got ready to start asking people to come to camp and be our preacher, we asked literally like six different people, would you come to camp for us with the dates work? And there was always something that just wasn't able to, to for them to be able to make it. There was either a time restraint, um, just different things. And, and I totally get that. I'm not dogging on anybody. 
Um, six, six different, just six different people weren't able to make it. One person, Jonah Coyne, we love him. He wasn't able to make it. Just took a new position down in Texas. And so he actually called two friends of his to try to get them to come to camp. Cause he's like, you know, help pastor Tim. He's in a bind. And they even said they couldn't. And so I'm telling our pastoral staff, like, what are we going to do? And they were like, well, why don't you preach it? And yeah. it was and so we ended up, ended up making it where I got the chance to speak on the, all three nights. We had Kiki spoke one of the days. Travis uh, spoke one of the days. We did everything in-house. Can I tell you guys, it was amazing. Wasn't camp amazing? Yeah. Can I just say something? Because like the Lord is doing so many great things here at Valley Church that he's equipping and empowering us to fulfill our purpose in Christ. And it was just so cool to be able to do that. And because I got the chance to be able to be the camp speaker, I wasn't able to be at everything. I wasn't able to always be in the middle of the games. I wasn't in four-corner dodgeball. I'm just going to be honest. I had to get out there. In fact, I looked like one of the kids. I was bouncing on the side. I wanted to jump in there and throw dodgeballs at the students. No, that's not what I meant. What I meant was I wanted to get in there and have a lot of fun as they were throwing dodgeballs at me. But because I got that amazing opportunity to be the camp speaker, it puts a lot of pressure on my other half. And um, her name is Pastor Ezzy. And she ran with camp. She took care of everything for us. Hey, I'm telling you, she's not just beautiful, but she's powerful. And uh, it was just really cool uh, to, to watch her grow this week. And it was such an honor to be able to, to run life with her every single day. And so, love you, babe. And so it was just cool to all the camp uh, counselors, all the camp staff. Um, even Faith Heights was, was amazing to us. And so we want to share a couple testimonies. You guys want to hear a couple testimonies? Okay, Travis is going to help me out. Um, he's got the mic, so he's the man with the power at the moment. Um, sorry, my shirt is wet and it's bugging me. So um, what I want those, if you're going to share a testimony, I want you to step forward. Come up here to the front. Don't be shy. Yeah, yeah. Come on up. Okay, just a couple quick words of instructions. Travis is going to hold the microphone. Um, you guys have some time, but also too, we want to make, there's a lot of you, so we want to make it short because we also have a word to give, okay? So where are you starting at, Travis? Perfect. Okay, Judah, you going to start us off? Awesome. Yeah, perfect. All right, let's give it up for Judah. So on the second night of tribe camp, Pastor Tim had a breakoff session where he was breaking off all the stuff, depression, self-harm, and I had my eyes shut, and I was just letting him break it all off. And when, when I had my eyes shut, I saw every time he said something like, depression has to go, I saw giants just leave everyone, go back to the pit of hell. And after he did it, right before the altar call, I saw Jesus standing right in front of everyone, holding out a rose, saying, come and follow me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judah. Thank you. All right. Will you tell us real quick what, what, what was God doing in your life, Cam? Um, he was relieving all the stuff that happened in the past. And on the third night, I fell into the Spirit for the first time. And I just felt all the heavy stuff go off of me, and I felt light. Amen. Isn't that good? Isn't that good, church? What, what was it like Friday morning? It felt good to wake up 
nice and not like having to think about the stuff. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Freedom. Thank yeah. you, Lord. All right. Step up real quick. Um, about a month ago, I lost a friend that I was like really close with. And after that, I kind of just like fell out of my relationship with God. And I was really like sad and I was always anxious and I just thought I would never find another friend like her but um, I'm really thankful I came to camp because God gave me all these friends that I never thought I would be able to have again and <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. oh, it's so good yeah. that's good yeah. yeah amen thank you Um, so for the past about eight months, I have been struggling with self-harm and depression. And when I was at youth camp on the third night, um, a lot of people like came over to me and were praying over me about like depression and like how like it would be like set free from me. And I fell to the ground and I started crying like a lot. And like after like taking like a few minutes to like just get it all out. I stood up and I just felt like so light and free and happy and (laughs) like the happiest I've been in the past eight months. And I just, it was really great. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. All right. So I have a rather like unique one, but uh, pretty crazy. Um, So ever since I started going to like youth camp and not even just uh, tribe camp, but, uh, just youth camp in general. Um, I've always wanted to speak in tongues, and uh, I've always wanted to have some sort of, you know, manifestation in the Holy Spirit like that. Um, and so uh, this year I came, like, it's my last year of youth camp. I came, I was like, okay, God, like, this is the year. Like, you know, it better happen. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I got there, and uh, I was, you know, hanging out with some people, and I was talking to uh, Steven over here, actually, and uh, he's awesome, but uh, he was telling me how when he worships, he prays and asks God how many angels are in the room, and I was like, dude, that's really cool, and so later that night, I was like, we were in, we were in worship, and I was thinking, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do that, I'm just going to ask God, like, how many angels are in the room right now, and uh, um. The whole time, you know, I never spoke in tongues or anything, but uh, that night I was just praying. I got on my knees and I started asking God, like, let me see, like, if it's not tongues, like, let me see a part of heaven, like um, an angel or you, you know, or something like that. And um, sitting there praying, and all of a sudden I open my eyes and uh, I find this feather sitting right next to me on the ground. And I was like, it took me a little bit to like process. I was like, wait, what? And uh, I started looking around, you know, like seeing if I saw anything and if anyone was wearing feathers or something. No one was, but, uh, <laughs> and it was just, I was, it was so crazy. And uh, I was talking to Angelica later, um, and she showed me a feather that she had fall in front of her at Bethel. It looked almost exactly the same. And it was almost like confirmation, like, dang, like, I didn't get tongues, you know, none of that stuff happened, but like, instead of seeing it, I literally have a piece of God in heaven, technically, in my phone case, wherever I go now, so. Amen. He is good. 
So, on the last day, right, we were all in lines, like a wave kind of, just having my thoughts and my, uh, what's it called, pretty much just open to God, um, just praying for tongues, just for the gift, right? So, when I got to my brother, as soon as I touched him, just tongues started, you know, I just started speaking it. It, it, was, it was honestly the most amazing thing that could have ever happened to me. Yeah. Amen. Anna, you have something? No, yes. Okay. Um, this year has been the hardest for me, definitely. I kind of gave up Bible reading, and I didn't go after the Lord. But, like, going to youth camp after the second night, I could feel him. I could feel Jesus just telling me that I'm free, and I was free, and I, 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 was, I was lighter, and I was, on the third night, able to worship for God, I was able to praise God and not be burdened, just not be in pain and praying for myself. And I was on the floor sobbing, crying, because I was overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank, all, thank you all for sharing your message. Thank you, guys. Travis, why don't you share? Sure. It was Travis's first year at being at youth it camp. It was. And he actually was our Friday morning speaker uh, before we left camp. And kids, didn't he do an amazing job? Yeah. Yeah, so, amen. So what, what we really wanted to encourage in these young people was that um, the importance of what they just did right here in giving their testimony. And, and so I, you know, I'm speaking to you, but I'm also speaking to them because really two, two amazing things just happened when you spoke out what God had done in your life. And one of them is that it um, a grace releases for that word that God can do it again. Yeah. And when you hear what God is doing in these young people, you realize, and, and young people, you know there's people out there that needed to hear that message from you. And so we are encouraging them, and, we're, and we want them to step out and, and give that testimony. And the other thing that happens when you give that testimony is that you are declaring over yourself the love of God for you. Yeah. And you are renewing your mind and living from a heavenly place um, and bringing it into today, right? You're reaching into the future of what God has for you and you're bringing it into today. And so the thing that was on my heart for these young people was... Um, just what that transformation looks like walking forward. You know, and, and I talked to them about in Luke where in Luke 3, it starts with Jesus getting baptized and he has this encounter with God and he hears that he's the beloved son. And then he walks into the wilderness in the very, you know, after he's done fasting, the very first thing that happens is the devil tempts him and he goes after his identity. Yeah. And he says, you know, are you really... Are you really the son of God? Are you really, did this really happen to you? And, and, you know, the farther you get from camp, the more likely there's going to be a moment in your life where somebody comes to you and says, did that really happen? And then in, in Luke 4, Jesus goes to the synagogue and he declares that the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor yeah. and to bind up the brokenhearted. And... 
And Jesus lays down the scroll and he says, this is my identity. And it says that they were amazed. And then it says, isn't this Joseph's son? And we realize that again, they're questioning his identity. And so all these young people have a choice to make about it. When, when the question comes to them about who are you really, what really happened in your life? Do they go with the crowd? Do they walk to the edge of the cliff? Or do they pass through and they, and they hold on to that moment and they step out into that heavenly place with God and they bring it back into today and they say, no, like God really did this in my life. Like I am really beloved. I'm really free of anxiety. I am really free of depression. And I live in that. And that's what they did this morning. And that's what, that's what we encourage them to do um, as they leave, as they go out into their place. So. Yeah. I gotta um, I guess let's give them a hand as they make their way back to their seats we're gonna take just a couple minutes here then we're gonna call you guys back up come on don't we love our young people we love our counselors and kitchen cooking feeding security for taking care of I guess I just want to share real fast here and then, and then we'll, we'll get us to, to ministry. Um, and I, I want to tell you why we're going to do it this way. So young people, don't, don't go nowhere. Stay on the sides or get ready. Don't, don't start checking your phone. Like, let's... <laughs> Can I tell you that I, as I was preparing and, and thinking about what we wanted to do this morning and how it was going to be done and I was talking with Pastor Lynn and, and the words that just kept popping into my mind over and over and over and over again. It's not just for our youth, but it's for us as a church. It's us as a community and that this is only the beginning. What we saw up at camp, it's only the beginning. It's not just something that we stay at camp, but it's something that we're going to live out. We're going to have, we're going to continue to live the camp experience when we get ready to go into our schools. We're going to live the camp experience when we get into our homes. You know, there was, there was countless young people. I, I don't want to call them all out, but there was countless young people that kept coming up to me because our first night we talked about um, uh, how we're going to, to let go of some things and what it meant for when Moses was coming through and the promised land, that there were some giants in the land that had to be taken out so that they could be able to conquer the, 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 the land that was given to them. It, wasn't, it was already a free gift, but it had to be where there was Canaanites and Hivites and Parasites and, and, and all Jebusites. I mean, there was all these different ites that were possessed already the land because the promises of God that are in our children, there is the enemy that wants to try to already overtake them. But what, what God told the people of Israel is you're going to have to go conquer some people so that you can be able to walk in your true calling of what God has for you. And, 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 and that exact same thing, we let go of some things. On the second night, we talked about Ezekiel and the dry bones and how that it, after we let go of some things, God prepares us and has us uh, look at the things that we may have let die inside of us. Our giftings, our callings, our anointings that we may have walked in, even last camp that we let go and that now we're having to look at it and say, can these bones live again? And the Bible describes that the, uh, Ezekiel starts to prophesy. He starts to say the words that he's hearing. God doesn't say, I'm going to say, he says, I'm going to say these things, but I'm going to say these things through you. I'm going to say these things in you, and you're going to say it to them. And they saw where the, the, we see there in Ezekiel, 
uh, where the bones begin to start to be put back together. And then it says where the breath of the four winds were going to come and blow into them that they're going to become the mighty army that they're supposed to be. Now, obviously, it's a, it's a, it was looked at as a prophetic act of what the children of Israel and the, and the people of Israel are supposed to be. But you and I can be able to partake of those exact same promises today. You and I, when we connect ourselves with our Heavenly Father, we get to partake of those heavenly promises. Can I tell you something? It's because the generational curses that we have carried on our back, God is breaking them off so that we can walk in the true promises of what God has for us. The young people and the testimonies that you heard this morning, can I tell you, it's only the beginning. The healings, deliverance, and set free from them, from all the, 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 the demonic and all the giants. This is only the beginning, church. We're not going to wait till next youth camp for us to get on fire for God. We're going to live for God every moment of every day. There was a student that came up and, and, and gave a testimony. They're not here today, but I asked them if I could share it. They were talking about how they didn't want to be at camp. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I heard that a lot this year. <laughs> they didn't want to be at camp. They didn't want to go. Parents made them go. Somebody called and said, we're going to pay for you. We want you to go. Somebody said, there's a scholarship available. We want you to go. Can I, can I just say, it? As, as the youth pastor, thank you, parents, for pushing your children. Okay, I say pushing. Let, let me explain. I mean that you see the gifts in them and you are calling it out when you send them to camp. Camp does not save your children, but the encounter with God that they had is going to change them for a lifetime. And so, and so it was just amazing as this young person started to share. And uh, it was on Friday and he was the first guy speaking. And the whole entire time he started just rubbing his head and he's talking about that he didn't want to be at camp. He had lost a family member and he was mad at God. And he was upset at God. And the second night, it wasn't me. It wasn't any, I mean, maybe it was something I said. I don't know. But I know Alonzo and Kiki were ministering with him. It takes a village. It takes a tribe for us to run, run this race. He was, they were ministering with him. And can I tell you, this young man was the loudest crying that you have ever heard in, our, in that sanctuary on that night. And he gets done with his testimony. He talks about that he, he let it all go and let God have full control. And then he said a statement. He said, I'm ready to go home and live the life that God has for me. There is countless young people that were, were saying they didn't want to be there, but yet they were turning around and saying, we're glad we're here. We can't wait to get home and clean out our bedrooms of the open doors that we've had or the things that are possessing our promised land. Pastor Tim, we're ready to go home and clean it out so we can live a life that God has for us. And then the last night. The last night comes around. It's the last night of camp. We danced. We shouted. We threw uh, volleyball, or not volleyballs, beach balls. We threw beach balls all around. Uh, uh, we, we, we jumped. We danced. And we jumped into worship. We jumped into the word. And on that last night, and we're going to get ready. I'm going to share a couple scriptures, and we're going to do this because I believe what God did it up at camp. He's going to do it here this morning. Amen? There's something that happens when we hunger and thirst for a move of God. We become so hungry that we don't care. We want to eat. I got to tell you a quick story. What ended up happening a couple weeks ago, I was out doing some errands for the church. I don't know exactly where I was going. 
But I had to stop and get gas at a gas station right here down the street. And it's right next to this fast food place. I'm not going to name names. just going to say the fast food place. And um, whichever. <laughs> and, uh, and I get out and I'm talking to my wife on the phone and she's like, what are you going to do for lunch? I said, well, you know, I'm out running errands. I don't quite know yet. I'll probably just grab something really fast and then get back to the church and continue on. And I step out of my vehicle to put gas in the car and I got the biggest whiff of this hamburger that was coming from this, this place, this, this fast food joint. And I was like, Lord, I'm starving. I'm going to go order me something. Now, I have not been there in years. It's been a while. That's not my first choice that I go to. I go to other restaurants. They have a bell in it, but whatever. And I remember grabbing the hamburger and I was so excited. The fries were hot. The hamburger's nice and juicy. The cheese is melting. I'm making you hungry. Huh? You're like, Pastor Tim, finish up your sermon. We got, we got lunch to get to. And yet I got home, or I didn't even get home. I'm eating it uh, on the way. Um, I was safe. I was cautious, I promise. And I ate the hamburger. And about two hours later, my stomach started doing that whole like, my stomach started to remind me that that wasn't the greatest choice, Tim, for your life. And I'm reminded of the exact same thing in our relationship with God. When we starve ourselves, what the enemy then what ends up trying to do is to, to make sin so enticing to us. He says, if you can just do this real fast, I promise you, you're going to get satisfaction. I promise you, you're going to feel the love. I promise you, you're going to feel the honor. I promise you all these things. He does it with Jesus. He comes up to him and says, if you really are the son of man, really the son of God, then turn these bones or these, these stones to bread. He goes after his hunger. That physically that Jesus is feeling, now it's saying like our, our young people, when they walked up there, can I tell you, they came in with a spiritual hunger inside of them. But what ended up happening is we ate and we saw that the Lord was good. We ate a food that only spiritually we could be able to partake of because we begin to know the devices of the enemy that he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But what happened today in baptism is Jesus wants to give life and life more abundant. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Tim, I've been starving for a while. I've, I haven't been quite into my word. I'm not, I'm not here to try to call you out, but I'm here to call us up. Here as a church, it was not just Pastor Tim, you're just a youth pastor. I'm not just a youth pastor, man. I'm telling you, it's the presence of God that is so strong even right now that when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well, she went running to tell her friends, come and hear about this man who has told me every sin I've ever committed. How amazing is that? He's going to read my mail. Yes. <laughs> He's going to tell me everything I've done wrong. Yes, read it. But can I tell you, it was the encounter that she had with him. When he begins to tell her, if you would simply ask of me, you would know who's, who's asking of a drink, that the water that I give you, you're never going to thirst again. Our young people experienced that water and that food this week that they're never going to have to thirst again. They're never going to have to walk in their depression, their self-harm. They're never going to have to walk in their dis, uh, eating disorders. They're never going to have to walk in their self-doubt. They're never going to have to walk in their confusion anymore, uh, identity confusion. They're not going to have to walk in these things. Can I tell you, we were raising up an army this past week that is ready to take ground for the kingdom of God. 
We're raising up an army that is saying no to the things of the world and yes to Jesus. But I, I, it's not just going to happen at youth camp and it's not just about what happens in our young people, but it's going to happen here. Why? Because this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. Can I share a couple verses with you and then we're going we're gonna to do this. I guess I have to tell, wait. Okay, I have to tell you the story first. What ended up happening on the last night, uh, Damon shared a little bit about it. What we had seen, what I felt like God was giving us was as an impartation for them to carry the torch. If you all know the Olympics, as they go through each country or state or city, there, there's the passing of the flame that goes all the way till they get to the Olympics and it, it ignites. And while we were praying into what God wanted to do on the last night of youth camp, I literally got, got this, this vision of our, our leaders standing in a line and then praying over each age group. But it wasn't our leaders. They were passing the flame that was going to be passed into our lead or into our next generation. Then they were going to turn and then they were going to pray. And then they were going to turn and then they were going to pray. And our leaders just kept following in behind them because it was a wave that we just kept doing. And so we lined up our leaders. Our pastors were there. Thank you, Jesus. And our, and our, and our, um, our leaders, our pastors. And then we had 17 and 18 come to the front. That's where Damon was standing. And we began to, to, to uh, pray over our students that they would receive the fire that lives within us. Peter and John are on the way to the temple and there's a lame man that's laying there. And he begins to say, I want just whatever you've got, just money if you can, money if you can, money if you can. I'm paraphrasing and I'm going really fast. And Peter ends up turning and looking at the man. He says, look at us. And he tells them, silver and gold, I don't got any. I don't have a nickel to my dime. But what I do have is an encounter with Jesus that lives inside of me. So he tells him, such as I have in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. And then the next portion is he reaches down and grabs his hand and pulls him. Because he's causing him to rise up into his true identity. You don't have to stay in the same spot that you've always done time and time again. You don't have to live in the same regret. You don't have to live in the same depression. You get to be brought up in heavenly places with Jesus. But it was a prophetic word that they released from their mouth and the prophetic act of them grabbing on and connecting by laying on of hands. It was released from their mouth and grabbed on in a prophetic act by them laying on their hands. Second Timothy chapter one, verses five through nine in the New Living, it says, remember, uh, I remember your genuine faith. This is Paul writing to Timothy, a young minister in the faith. He says, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or a sound mind. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Do you hear the charge yet? And don't be ashamed of me either. Uh, even though I'm in prison for him, with the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saves us, for God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the, excuse me, that was his plan before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And then this last verse, I love the book of Timothy, not just because it's my name, 
but because I just love everything that Paul commands, Paul gives the authority. It's 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, and then we're going to go into this. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gifts you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Paul writes to a young minister in the faith and he tells him, don't forget the gift that's inside of you. Fan the flame. And that's what happened. But I love when we do, I, I absolutely love the way Pastor Lynn has established here our, um, our baby dedications. Um, because we've, we've had like three, four babies now in, in, uh, while we've been here. And it's amazing to hear as he not only gives the charge, because you always hear the charge to the, to the parents that's dedicating the baby. You always hear the charge to maybe the family that's standing with them. But one thing that pastor has done that I didn't see anywhere else, and maybe other people do it. I don't know where he got it, or the Holy Spirit download. And that is, he turns to the congregation. And he says, congregation, are you now going to walk in a life that when this baby grows up and they come and ask you, who's Jesus? What do I do to be saved? that you're gonna give the charge to them, that you're held accountable. Can I tell you something? Our young people have been set on fire this week, but parents, adults in the room, every single one of you, whether you had a student up here or not, we're all called to keep our students accountable. We're all called to walk this life together that was already laid on by us. But can I tell you something else? You may be looking and saying, Pastor Tim, the scripture just says don't look, on, don't, don't look down to anybody because they're young. What about us older generation? Those that are 18 and over. I'm just going to go 18. I'm going to give it a nice low, low bar there. 18 and over. Can I tell you that don't let no one look down on you because you're over 18? You are called, chosen, and anointed for such a time as this. Why? Because as a young person, we need you. As the next generation, we need you. Not just to show up on church on a Sunday and take up a seat, but we need you to speak into our lives. We need you to set the example for us to how we live, how we conduct ourselves, how we show purity, how we live a life that's pleasing to God. Older generation, we need you. Because I strongly believe every time that God would speak and he would say, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he gave three generations. And he said, I'm not just the God to one generation, but I'm the God to the next two. All of us are a part of one of those areas where we're either the Abraham, the Isaac, or the Jacob. But can I tell you, God's a multi-generational God and he wants to impact, he wants to infill, and he wants to equip us today. Does that sound good? But you may be in the house and the words, the, the, the testimonies were given out. And you may be saying, that's me. I'm ready for the more. How many of you are ready for the more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to do this act. I want all of our young people to stand up now. Stand up, stand up, stand up. Yeah, let's give them a hand. They look amazing. All right, young people, I want you to come make your way to the front. You're going to stand from this corner, and you're going to make your way all the way around. Let's see if we can fill you guys up, and you're going to face that way. Come on. 
Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. All right, it's not going to work. Keep going. Scooch down for me. Scooch down for me. Guys, scooch down. Scooch down. Scooch down. Man, Pastor Tim, you're thinking too small. We got we to gotta keep going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's call it that way a little bit. Perfect. Don't they look beautiful and amazing? Handsome. Counselors uh, that were with me, we're going to kind of do the exact same thing. If you wouldn't mind, make your way up here and you're going to get right behind them for me. Let's give a hand to our counselors. Yeah. Right behind them, right behind them. Look at this group of young people. I'm telling you again, church, this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning of their walk. This is only the beginning of their way of of being set on fire for God. This is only their beginning. And guess what? We get to run together. It's not going to be we're going to leave it to the next generation. We're going to leave it to the next young person. No, 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 no. Older ones, we need you. Not older ones. More powerful and anointed and seasoned ones, we need you. Once sitting in the chair, we need you. But can I tell you that these guys have been equipped and empowered this week? And they're ready to see your flame get relit. They're ready to see that maybe you've been hurting this week. Maybe there's a physical need in your body that you need healing. These young people are here. That's why our our team is behind them because they're going to help them out as well. But I don't want it to be where we just end up thinking to ourselves like we'll wait for somebody else to do it. No, it's time for us to run. It's time for us as a church, as a tribe to run with God. So would you stand with me to your feet? Paul tells Timothy, don't forget the gift that's inside of you that's been laid on in hands. And can I tell you right now what's going to end up happening is that you're going to be reminded for every person that's going to make the prophetic act, you're going to get out of your seat when we count it down here in a second. You're going to get out of your seat. You're going to just find a young person, stand in front of them. You're just going to put your hands out and you're going to be ready to receive. Diego, you can't do that, dude. (laughs) No, No, keep going, keep going, keep going. Diego, God's got such a plan and purpose of your life, dude. He's got an anointing on your life. How many of you guys love Diego? Yeah. Sorry, is that okay if I put my hand on you? Yeah, I'm just going to ask it. Okay, put your hands out, Diego. Put your hands out. Jesus, we just thank you for Diego. We thank you for the man of God that he is, the man of God that he's becoming, the prophet that he's, that he's becoming, God, that the mantle has been passed on this week for him to walk in new life, new shoes, new shoes, God, over Diego. We just say power and anointing fall like never before over Diego, that he's going to walk in new life, not just for now, but for the rest of his life, God, that you are calling him up so that people can look at his life and say, if he did it for Diego, he can do it for me. If he did it for Diego, he can do it for me, God. So we just thank you, Father. We thank you for every one of these young people that are set on fire with your word and your love and your power and your anointing. God, we are saying right now in the name of Jesus that when when our saints step out of their chairs and they come to the front and they put their hands in the air, that God, you are gonna set on fire those things that may have been lost from before. God, we are saying dry bones come alive right now. Dry bones come alive right now. Anointings, giftings, and callings that you had thought that you had been lost, that you had thought that that the enemy has stolen. I promise you this morning, I hear the word of the Lord, that you're going to be restored and set free and delivered because what he has promised yesterday, he's going to fulfill tomorrow. 
What he promised yesterday over your life, he's going to fulfill it tomorrow. What God wants to do in your life is so much greater and powerful than you could ever hope, dream, or imagine. But it's not just for us as one generation. It's for the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, those that refuse to quit, those that refuse to give in, those that refuse to stop running, to stop calling out to a God who loves, to stop calling out. And those who are refusing, I refuse to give up because I know God has anointed and chosen me for such a time as this. For such a time as this. Man. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in one generation. That the wave doesn't just stop with one generation. The wave of glory is going to continue to the next generation. And it's not just going back down in generations and age, but it's going up in generations and age. You're going to see again. You're going to see the glory of God again. You're going to hear again. You're going to believe again. You're going to hope again. But maybe you just need that extra little oomph. And that's what we're here for as a generation. That we may be the Isaacs in that story, but we're praying for you that are Abrahams because we know we can't do it without the road that you're paving in front of us. We're walking on the roads that you have paid the price for us to be able to walk on. But now let us get the chance to bless you back. Because all of you in this house have supported us as a tribe, financially, physically, spiritually, but let it be a moment that we get to give back what has been given to us. Is that okay? How many of you guys are, are young people? You guys ready to start praying for people? Are you guys ready to start praying? Yeah. You got to be careful with Diego. He's powerful, okay? <laughs> All of them are powerful and amazing. So would you just put your hands out? Parents, adults in the room, even children. There's children in the room that aren't part of youth yet. It's okay. That's good. Put your hands out. Father, we just thank you. Yeah, we thank you, Lord. We say, Lord, right now, that you just bring back to remembrance the things that we felt like has been lost from before. And that right now, we're going to receive again. Right now, we're going to believe again. Right now, we're going to let go of all the doubt, of all the lies that have been spoken over us that we can't because of our age. We can't because of our limitations. We can't because of this. We can't because of that. No, we're, not, we're kicking that out of vocabulary. We can because we believe in a loving God. We can because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can because I am seated with him in heavenly places. I can because I have a personal relationship with him. And that this morning, by the laying on of our hands by, by the students, God, that you are going to set on fire us again. That this is only the beginning. This is only the beginning. So they'd love to get the chance to pray for you. On the count of three, I want, we're just going to go one, two, three. I want you to get out of your chair and come running. You're going to have to squeeze in because they're going to get through you. They're going to start praying with you. Leaders, you're going to follow along with them. And then we're just going to see what Holy Spirit does, all right, that we want to do. So ready? Are you guys ready to get out of your chairs and come on down? Yeah? Here we go. Ready? One, two, three. I want you to get out of your chairs. Come on down. 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 It's okay. They're all ready to start praying. Young people, go ahead. Start going. Start going. Yeah, put your hand on their hand. Put your hands in their hand. So, Father, we impart what has been given. We say, do it again. Do it again. What you did up at camp, we know you can do it here. 
It's not just being on a mountaintop, but it's about having an encounter with you, Jesus. So we say encounter and fire fall like never before. Encounter and fire fall like never before, God, over each generation that has made their way out of their seats. We say healing in the name of Jesus. Healing in the name of Jesus.